Hey everyone, welcome to the Food About Town podcast. This is episode 16, where I talk to Chris Clemens of ExploringUpstate.com. Uh, Chris and I are the two of the uh, founding members of the Rochester Area Bloggers Group, and we've become quick friends on the blog scene, and uh, we just tend to run into each other all over the place in Rochester. Uh, we talked about some food stuff, um, some of my <laughs> perhaps misconceptions about his picky eating, and we just had a great time. Um, I'm sure Chris and I are going to end up doing more of these because it was a blast and we ended up talking for over an hour. So uh, please enjoy and uh, know that the song that I picked isn't something I would normally pick, but I know Chris is a big fan of the Grateful Dead. So I went back to a 1977 concert that actually was held in Rochester and uh, picked one of the songs I thought was uh, a little more tolerable than the others. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And uh, please check out Chris's website, exploringupstate.com. Thanks. sort of an impromptu podcast today. We talked about it yesterday, and well, today we're doing a podcast, so I am here with Chris Clemens. Um, I don't even know how to start introducing you. are from exploringupstate.com. That's your website. Yeah. Not really involved in food at all, but... You know, well, I, I actually I do have a food post that I did on the, the world's best chicken wing. That's right, you did the world's best chicken wing, which yeah. was... It was an interesting post, so that was a follow-up to that uh, Chicken Wing movie, right? Yeah, The Great Chicken Wing Hunt, which was made by a local guy out of Lyons. And I'm a huge fan of chicken wings. I grew up in Rochester. Um, huge fan of the traditional chicken wings. So when I saw this, and I'm also a fan of documentaries. So when it's I a saw... Great, it's a great little compliment right there. Absolutely. So when I saw the fact that this Great Chicken Wing Hunt documentary existed, I'm like, man, I, this, I pretty much need to see it. And then when I saw it, I thought, I pretty much need to go try these wings now. Um, and I was a little bit sensitive, too, because we've become friends. Yeah. I was a little bit sensitive to the fact that I didn't want to step on another blogger's toes by writing about food. See, all the better. See, you're doing it out of a friendly standpoint. Some other you know, new people, they're not going to care about my feelings, <laughs> care about me getting hurt. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive little flower. You, you don't want to damage me. A, a lot of creative types are very sensitive. <laughs> That's part, it's part of being creative. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of food ideas. I mean, so I started exploring um, Upstate this year. and Well, last year, technically, 2014. It was 2014, yeah. Um, with the idea of, I mean, I, I spend a lot of my free time researching 
cool stuff that's going on in and around New York State. And I've blogged, as you know, for years uh, exploring the Burned Over District about, um, you know, traveling to all the different spiritual and religious places and learning the history. And Which I thought... It was a fascinating topic, and especially for one that I like, generally have very little interest in. It was a great read all the time. Thanks. And how I got to know you guys, I get to know you just because it was... It was very well researched and very well written. So it was, all right, this is someone I want to want to meet up with. You know, so this is interesting stuff. Right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, well, I think that a lot of people appreciate and probably have an idea that there's a really rich, deep history to upstate New York. Um, and, and there's always the joke that, you know, whenever you're elsewhere and you travel and you say you're from New York, people say, oh, what borough? And, of course. You know, obviously that annoys us to no end. Yeah, growing up in Buffalo and Rochester. It's, <laughs> right, right. I mean, I've ever, it's it's only a joke because it's completely true. <laughs> Absolutely. So I um, when we wrapped up exploring the Burned Over District, which was exclusively about religion and spirituality and the places in New York that are of a religious nature... Um, I thought, you know, I've never really had an outlet to write about all of the other things that I really love going and seeing and driving to and exploring and checking out and researching. And one of them is food. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I love that upstate New York has so many really cool food inventions. Um, the garbage plate. Or trash, trash plate. Um, yeah, no copyright here. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the chicken wing has always been one that I've really appreciated. Um, so when I saw that documentary come up, I went out to Abigail's in Waterloo, where they determined the greatest chicken wing in the world. Spoiler alert. Oh, I messed that up. Oh, you uh, knew everything. Now you don't have to read the blog. Well, go read the <laughs> blog to find out what I thought about the chicken wings. Yes. At exploringupstate.com, and it's all there on, on the chicken wing. Um, but you should watch the documentary, because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read decent things about it, and I, I like the fact that it was local. And totally. Maybe I don't agree with the conclusion of what they did at the end. It's, you know, so be it. That, that's fine. But it's it's someone doing something interesting local anyways. Absolutely. And I love that they did it, even though I may have um, disagreed slightly with their findings. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, was I that over the top? I don't know about that over the top. I mean, it... it just so happened that you don't like one of the key ingredients to their famous chicken wing. Right. Yeah, I suppose that is Which not, I suppose not fair for them. You know, maybe not fair, but still, you don't... I mean, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason. But yeah. that, I think that's, that's something with food that um, is interesting for me to think about is food's a very subjective experience. Totally. And... How, how do I write about food, you know, for, for the city paper or for the blog and say, hey, how do I portray my experience with this food into what other people want to read about? Because they're completely different things. And my experience isn't everybody's experience and my tastes aren't everybody's tastes. Right. Um, which brings me to the fact that you're a picky ass eater. <laughs> Am I? I think so, right? Is it because I hate may mayonnaise? No, I mean, I hate mayonnaise, too. Mayonnaise is a terrible thing. Really? It's an awful emulsion. I mean... I didn't know that you felt that way. Oh, absolutely. Especially commercial mayonnaise. Now, I I'm not completely averse to it if somebody's making it in-house, and they typically they'll call it an aioli instead. Right, right. You know, 
It's still a mayonnaise. It's still eggs and oil and flavors. And disgusting. See, I, I can get past it a little bit when it's flavored well. So if it's not just gloppy, I know it's a texture thing with a lot of people. It's gloppy and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. But when, when it's like an aioli and they use like fresh garlic and fresh lemon and all this other good stuff. And, and it gets And it's really thin. Yeah, and it gets sharp and tasty. I'm like, oh, this is a tasty thing. But like jarred mayonnaise, I hate that stuff. It's terrible. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I don't even like sitting at a table with someone else who's like spooning mayonnaise on to oh. whatever they're eating. It does sound terrible, doesn't there it? There was... So uh, where I eat lunch at work, there's a number of different people from a, no, a number of different companies, and this one kid got hired into the company for a short amount of time, and he got a plate from, I think it was Salvatore's. Mm-hmm, sure. Sat down at the table, opened it up, and just piled mayonnaise onto his oh plate. Oh, my God. And I thought, man, like, you're destroying this plate. And I, I, I can't confirm, but that may have had something to do with his short-term employment. I can't imagine it didn't. I mean, it's, it's a terrible... I mean, not that I'm a huge garbage plate fan. I know it's blasphemous for a Rochester person, but I'm not a big fan because I don't like macaroni salad because it's mayonnaise-based. Absolutely. I hate that stuff. Yeah. I actually really like the places that will do um, something slightly different so you can get baked beans at some places. Sure, I do like Dogtown. I love a Dogtown plate. We've Absolutely. gone there. Absolutely. Um, I like baked beans. Tater tots I've found that I really like. See, tater tots would be good. I mean, like Dogtown's home fries are good, but you know what's yeah, crunchier? Are. Yeah. I can tater tots are crunchier. Yeah. That's some yeah, good stuff are. right there. Yeah. But I also realize that when I'm sitting down and I'm eating a plate, that's a lot of starches. That it is. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I suppose you're replacing macaroni salad, which is a, a huge starch anyway. Yeah. But, and yeah, I, I agree. I can't do mac salad. No. It's because it, it's just a mayonnaise salad. I mean, <sighs> I, I'm, I'm sick of that stuff. I just, I think back to, like, like uh, picnics as a kid <sighs> where I go to, like, picnics and there's all, like, this great food laid out and there's, like, this mayonnaise that's just been, like, marinating in its own garbage Oh. food and sitting in like a 90 degree sun all day long and after four hours like people are still eating and I think you gotta be absolutely kidding me there, there is no worse combination than heat and mayonnaise oh it's a terrible well that's where I'm at with it I, <laughs> I, I, I can't get anywhere near anything that's had mayonnaise on it see that's a so, little, like I said a little bit farther than where I go but I'm right, I'm right there with you in general so I, am I a picky eater I don't know. I think so, right? I mean, do you, you do you like ethnic foods? Do you like you know? I I love Asian cuisine. Okay. So locally, are we allowed to talk about sure. our local places that I like? Is that's that, what we're here. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. that was going to be a question later. So absolutely. So I love Chen Garden. Okay. For Chinese, sure. It's been for twenty years. It's been my favorite Chinese. Um, formerly, where Chen Garden used to be is currently a place that I really like. Have you been to Yummy Garden Hot Pot? I've not actually been there. I didn't know it was, didn't used to be, uh, Chen Garden didn't used to be there. Chen Garden used to be um, on West Henrietta Road and Crittenden Road. Yep. And there's been many different restaurants there since. Yeah. All ethnic, actually. There was maybe a Greek place, there was another Asian place, and then another Asian place, and then... Yeah, it's one of those weird locations where nothing really sticks. Right. You know, like that in, like, the corner of University in Maine. Right. Right over there. Nothing sticks over there yeah. either. Well, what's currently in there is Yummy Garden Hot Pot. Right, which I haven't been to yet. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. I've been there numerous times now. So what it's basically, well, 
the melting pot fondue probably was stolen from the idea of hot pot because I think hot pot is certainly older. I would imagine that it yeah. is, yeah. Um, so you get a pot of broth. You choose from like four or five different broths. They bring the broth over and they you set it right in a burner at your table, turn it up to boiling, and then they bring you all of this raw food and you cook all the food in your own broth. Um, and there's some adventurous eating there. Yeah, if you're up for it. So I have, I've had I had stomach there. Nice, that's pretty good. It was it was very interesting. Yeah, it's it's really a textural thing more than a super tasting. textural. It was like eating rubber bands. Yeah, rubber bands, spiky rubber bands. And I've had it cooked in such a way that it kind of looks like a like a, a lacy noodle almost, and it almost has that texture. But it depends on how it's cleaned too. I've had it in other places where it might not have been. Uh, cleaned quite as extensively, <laughs> and it maintains a certain distinct aroma. Oh, is uh, Andrew Zimmern always calls it the uh, the barnyardy mm. taste and aroma. Luckily, uh, those characteristics were not part of this plate. Good, there yeah, you go. Because they bring it raw, so I imagine the barnyardy. Uh, we must have cleaned it out nice. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, especially for for an introductory because it's it's really just a texture thing. It doesn't have a ton of flavor. Right? No, no, it totally didn't. Yeah, it was like chewing rubber bands. Yeah, like that or beef tendon. You know, beef tendon doesn't have a lot of taste in of itself. Right. It's got the jelly texture. You know. You know, it did have a lot of texture that I tried at Yummy Garden Hot Pot. I was there multiple times and had seen on the menu pig's blood. Mm-hmm. And I was always super curious about it, but I didn't want to like order an entire thing of pig's blood and take one bite and decide that I hated it. That's understandable. Right. So I was there one time. Um, it was probably just a couple months ago, actually. I was with a friend of mine um, who is from Thailand. Um, so she had a little bit of experience with some of the um, more adventurous foods on the menu. Sure. Um, so the waitress came over. I said, well, what's, what's up with the pig's blood? And she kind of like gave me this look. She's like, I don't know. I don't eat it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, yeah. And... Like, I'm like, I'm really curious about it, and I have been for a really long time, and I, I kind of feel like I want to try it, but I don't really know if I want to try it. Like, I don't know if I want to invest in trying it. Of course. Is, I think, what it came down to. Yeah. And she she's like, oh, yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty interesting, you know, and she was kind of wishy-washy on how to describe it. Of course. She came back, like, five minutes later with every employee at Yummy Garden Hot Pot to my table... With one piece of pig's blood for me to try while I had an audience of, of everyone who was there. Yeah. So she like she hands me this piece and she's like, it's on the house. The chef said, you know, don't worry about it. You wanted to try it. Here you go. And like, so now everyone's looking at like the one white kid with the Asian girl who like thinks he's going to like impress this girl by eating some adventurous, ridiculous food. Right, of course. Yeah, it was awful. Of course. It was gelatinous. Was it just a block of pig's blood? It was a block, yeah. Yeah. It was like a cube, super gelatinous. Yep. Um, And um, I want to say rubbery, but it was too soft to be rubbery. Yeah, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's coagulated. Sure. Um, I mean, blood's a weird, it's a weird ingredient. I've had it before where I really liked it, Um, but it was more like a a cured kind of meat thing. Right. So, um, for example, at um, Swan Market in the city... Uh, German food. I don't know if you've been there. 
I haven't, and it's always been on my list of something to try. Yeah, and it's um, they do a lot of really good cured meats. It's they have weird hours, like they're only open for lunch on weekdays. Right. And then they do Saturdays, but the place is mobbed. Right. It's the only day they're open where people can actually go that aren't old German men. Right. Um, who are great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but they make like like thirty or more, thirty or forty more different sausages and cured meats there. There's that many. Tons. And they're all there's a lot of traditional German stuff you won't see anywhere else, but they're making everything there. So they're making you know essentially white hots there, but they're making them from scratch. Right. But they do so they'll do different does sausages. It, does everyone who listen who listens to your podcast basically in Rochester? I think so. Part? So everyone's going to know what a white hot is. Yeah, you know what a white hot is. I think it's a very specific Rochester thing. Oh, it totally is. And it's so I'll I'll go off on that in a second, but. Yeah, and I think most of the people who are listening are in Rochester, other than my family. <laughs> <laughs> Families are the best supporters of your blog. They really yeah. are. It's great. My mom is like my biggest fan. It doesn't matter what I write about. She loves it. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, the nice thing, my parents come up here and they'll take me to dinner at some of these places, which is actually really nice. Awesome. Except for my dad's a real picky eater. Is he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's real bad. But I Does he like mayo? Yeah, he likes mayo. Oh, see, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, but he, he's mostly like he's like the he's like the the regular American. Oh, I don't like any of that weird stuff. It is, <laughs> he wants basic food done exactly the way he wants it, with no deviations whatsoever. Campbell's condensed soups. Yeah, but it, he doesn't like too much seasoning. He doesn't like too many herbs. It's it's very he likes very specific traditional base foods. So, how much of that do you think is uh, essentially upbringing? I think it's a huge part of it. Because I know that, you know, growing up, we had basically the same menu items all the time. Absolutely. I mean, there was never a time when my mom said, hey, I'm going to try making, you know, this brand new thing in a walk. Right. You know, it was all, I mean, part of it was money. Absolutely. You know, um, and another part of it was our culture. And we ate a lot of the same foods, and there wasn't bad foods. It was just the same thing. We didn't, we didn't go too far out of the the norm in terms of adventure. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that is culture when you develop a taste for liking macaroni and cheese out of the box. Sure. That's because what you've always had. It's almost comforting. I, th- I think it's a real big part. Now, not to get too deep into you know family stuff, but you know my dad grew up a lot poorer than I did. Right. And. In a tumultuous household where stability wasn't something that he had the luxury of. Okay. Well, he didn't get regular meals. He had to scrounge to eat food. He was a skinny kid because he didn't get enough food. Okay. Well, now he wants basic stuff because he wants comfort food. He wants his, he wants things to be consistent because it's safe and it's good. Sure. It's a great thing. And it helps him feel better about it. Sure. Well, I grew up in a stable household because he gave me, he gave me more than he had. Right. Which is great. Well, it allowed me to be more adventurous because I had that stability. We didn't have money, but I was stable. Sure. And, you know, I lived a happy, basic childhood. A weird childhood, but a basic, a basic <laughs> childhood nonetheless where I, I, had sta- I had stability. And I could decide, you know, maybe it took me until after college, but I could expand out and learn new things because I had that base. Yeah. yeah I so def- I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I definitely did not start trying more adventurous foods until I was, you know, maybe early 20s. Yeah, for sure. I was moved out, ready to try, you know, different new things. And you asked about ethnic foods. Chinese was probably 
you know, one of the first. That's super. E- that's a super easy, especially American jumping off. Of, of, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another. I, I, I guess I would call it an ethnic food. And you mentioned um, the um, the German place, which reminded me of Polska Chata. Which I actually haven't been to yet. I've heard uh, a lot of good things about that place. I freaking love it. It's not fast. No. You can't go in there needing a sandwich quick on your break. And they only they do lunch and then only like one dinner a week, right? Yeah, it's re- it is weird hours. Very similar to, to what you were mentioning. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a few of those old school places in the city that do yeah. that. Like there and like Antonetta's, they do week, uh, one dinner a week. Like Friday nights and that's it. Interesting. That one I actually don't know of. Uh, same guy, they run the meatball truck, same guy. Oh, all right. So his, his uh, they bought, it's a sort of an old family place, and he bought it out. Okay. Well, I think him and, you know, partner or whatever, but they, they bought that place out, and they're doing that and the truck now. Okay. Which is cool, because they're trying to do traditional uh, red sauce, Italian-American food, while not isolating their old customers, but trying to do new stuff, too. Okay. I think he's making pasta. From scratch, you mean? Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And it's a cool thing in the middle of the city. Yeah. Do something different. You know what I did see, which was really interesting. It's not my favorite place to go, but I went to Eastview Mall the other day. Mm. Um, I was actually looking at couches for the house mm-hmm. at the store, which I don't even like saying the name, but the Love Sack. Oh, that's a terrible name for a store. I really dislike. <laughs> try that going already. into the store and trying to like try spending money on something called a love sack. There's no way I, I just wouldn't do yeah, it. I couldn't do it. No, I, I, I would feel just stupid yeah. buying it. Yeah. If, even just the receipt that had my name on it, I just I'm not sure I could stand by that. Chris's love sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was there to go to the love sack store, and I walked um, by the food court. I see is macaroni. Yep, they has uh, a spot in the food court. Yep, now. they've got a location over there. So they started as a food truck. They did locally. Yep, um, they've done some expansion. I'm not sure how that's going. Actually, I haven't talked to them in a while. It looked really, really weird. There. Well, the reason it looked weird is so they've got one of those. You know, they've got a space right in the food court. Okay. And I don't know what it used to be, like Charlie's Subs or sure. Tom Walls or one of those. Yeah, one things. of the mall places. Right. Yeah. So what they have is this entire space, and it's completely barren. All they had was, like, a couple chalkboards up at the top with stuff written on there, the menu, written yeah. on the chalkboards. But everything was totally barren. There was just, like, four employees standing back there and chalkboards. That was literally the only thing that I could see. That is the complete opposite of what I was picturing. I haven't seen it. It was super weird. What I was picturing in my head was, like, the store embodiment of the truck. You've seen the truck, right? The truck is super cool looking. It's bright. It's orange. I was expecting, you know, a big, bright sign with that orange color and the the macaroni. Right. They worked hard on the branding. That's one of the big things about that. It was it was an idea from the M uh, from the M design guys who built have built a lot of trucks for around Rochester around the country. So it was kind of their concept, and they franchised it around the country in different areas. I know there's at least there was one in like Provo, Utah, and there's one in uh, huh. one in Florida, and there's one in Buffalo and one here. Well, I wonder if this mall one is also a franchise. Then I believe it's part of that. I just don't know how. Okay. I'm not sure how it exactly relates. I, I should ask him, ask Ian at some point. Yeah. Because um, he's got explosive devices sitting around the house. <laughs> There's so many electronics here. I'm pretty sure I know which one's beeping. So many random electronics. There is. Which is good, though. I like that. It's fun having random electronics around. It's kind of like 
I mean, so we are sitting in Chris's new house, which is we're we're kind of moving into the same neighborhood. Yeah. So we're 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 both going to be in the North Winton neighborhood, which is interesting. I've never owned a house, and Chris has never owned a house. No. So we're both getting used to that. I'm I'm moving in the end of the month. I think he's you've been here what a week and a half now. Couple yeah. Weeks? Yeah. It was a, Yeah. It was the day. Yeah. It was probably a week and a half. And it's a weird, it's a weird sensation being a homeowner. You try to, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say. So I bought a month ago, yeah. and I moved in about a week and a half um, ago. And I wouldn't say that it really feels like home yet. Yeah. I just kind of feel like I'm in a place where I know I'm where I'm supposed to go at the end of the day. Um, but I still like wake up in the middle of the night, like to go to the bathroom and go like, where am? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. This oh is my yeah. Place. Right. Yeah. So it hasn't quite, um, you know, settled in yet. And I don't know how long that takes. But. I, don't, I don't know. It's like it, it, I think it takes a little while. I, I'm usually pretty quick to adapt. But things can be weird because the, re- the reason I brought it up is because it, it's forcing you to be part of a community. Right. Because living in an apartment, you're, you can just ignore everything because it's, it's not yours. <laughs> I mean, who cares in the end? But now you're a homeowner in a community. It forces you to look around and see what's around you more. Yeah. I'm a little surprised I haven't met any of my neighbors yet. I don't. I wonder if it's because it has to do with um, the weather. No one's really outside. Yeah, it's cold as hell outside right now. It's, yeah. It's pretty yeah, bad. it's freezing. Yeah. You know what's really funny? So I was in my previous apartment for like four years. It was just under four years. And I never talked to anybody. No, of course um, not. I mean, I knew a couple people's names and, you know, maybe said hello here and there. But I never really talked with anyone. So about a year ago, a, a kid moved in, and uh, and you know I was going through Instagram and you know liking pictures and you know doing what I do on Instagram, going yeah, exactly. through stuff, finding new hashtags, and uh, and I'm like, man, this kid looks really familiar. And I realized it was the kid who moved in across the hall from me. So we were like you know, following each other on Instagram and liking each other's stuff and we had never actually met and we lived like six feet away. <laughs> um, so then finally we ran into each other in the hall one day, you know, checking the mailbox or whatever and he's like, man, I follow you on Instagram and we put it all together. And then not long after that, I noticed there was a ki- another kid that I followed on Instagram who was posting a lot of pictures from the immediate area of our apartment our apartment uh, complex and I'm like man who is this guy who seems to always be around my apartment and it turns out he had moved in with the dude across the hall and they were roommates there you go yeah so the whole idea of community and knowing people I think is changing very much I mean we were talking about this earlier tonight before we started recording the idea of knowing people online I feel like I very much have a sense of who people are and their online personas, and and I've gotten to know people, but have never actually met them in person. And once I do meet them in person, it's almost like kind of weird. It is, and I, I've I've been talking about it more to people recently because I I just feel it's been happening more recently. Right. You know, it's well, you're getting yourself out there a lot more with the blog. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think both of us. I mean, it's weird when you go out and you know people. Right. But we were just at a just at a, what was was that the five eight five magazine uh, January launch event whatever they want to call that thing right and it's weird he, he sees you know three people on the way in he knows and I know <laughs> I know another you know ten people inside 
and I know the guy who runs runs the restaurant. I know the you know one of the managers there, and it's it's weird how it's still an odd sensation to me to actually know people in a social fashion. Yeah, it's just going out and meeting random people. It's still a weird thing to me, right? Because it wasn't that long ago when I didn't do any of that, and I would go to an event and I'm like, oh, I know this people, this person, and that person. It's still a weird thing, <laughs> but it's it, it, it's fun and being able to randomly meet somebody. I know somebody else started a food blog in uh, Rochester recently, other than me. Um, I, I apologize, I forget her name, but it's uh, Sir Racha Says. Right, yeah, I've seen that blog. And I was at Hearts, and I I see, a, I see somebody over there, and I'm like, I think that's the person who started that. I think her name's Lynn. And I, I walk around and say, I think I know you from the internet. <laughs> And it, it's a weird thing to do. It is. But it's so common nowadays because I've talked to her online. I've talked to her on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. I've never met her before, so it's it's weird to go up and talk to her. But you know, try and ignore the weirdness and say, oh, we're trying to connect to people. That's why this whole thing's here. Sure. So. Yeah, it was at the this summer I was at the Avon flea market. It was like, you know, super early, 9.30 in the morning in Avon, digging through people's garbage. And all of a sudden I hear over my shoulder... Hey, I think I know you from Twitter. <laughs> and I turned around and, and I'm like, uh, what's your profile name? And sure enough, we followed each other and, you know, had followed each other on Instagram. And so making all those connections is definitely continues to be a weird experience. Absolutely. Um, but also one that I think has um, improved. Uh, it's improved my life in a, a number of different ways. I mean, you make connections that I guess it hasn't done it for me, but it led to jobs, um, led to new opportunities, sure. and really just new experiences. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started the blog in the first place was food experiences and yeah. being able to share that with people. And I know you're doing the same thing. You're doing you know upstate experiences. Yeah. Just trying to publicize things that are interesting and different and just showing off what what Rochester has to offer and what Upstate has to offer. I mean, we're right. not that different, although we have different topics. And yeah, no, I don't think it's all that different at all. I think in in some ways, like, well, I mean, I, I'm still trying to find my footing actually. How long, how long is that now? It was September second, so it's just four months. Yeah, not that just long. over four months. But I had so I Luke and I, Luke Meyer, um, that I did exploring the Burn Over District with. We did that for almost three years, and we kind of did the same exact wow. thing every single week. Right. Um, we, we would go and visit a, a religious, spiritual place, and then we would write about our experience learning about the history. Um, and we kind of did you know the same thing every single week. And I thought with Exploring Upstate, I'm like, I'd really like to do something a little bit different, but I don't know what that is yet, and I still don't know what it is. Um, so I... I think what's really cool about having a blog is I don't have a boss who's telling me you need to write like this. You need to do this. What I've really enjoyed about having a, a, a blog is I can do whatever I feel like. And if I do something that I have enjoyed, I can do it again. And I can try something brand new. And if I decide I don't like it, I don't have to do it again. Um, so I, I think I'm kind of doing that with Exploring Upstate still. Um, figuring out how I want to tell the story of these places. And some of them it's appropriate to do, and some of it's not appropriate to do. Like some of them I think 
Um, I was researching a smokehouse in a rondequite. Sounds awesome. I thought it was awesome. Turns out it's not smoked meats at all. It's actually a cigar smokehouse. Interesting. Yeah, so there's this little tiny cobblestone shed right across the street from Seabreeze. Okay. And it's it's a cobblestone smokehouse. It was built in 1924, and it existed someplace else in around Equate, and they moved it there. Huh. And I started doing the research, and I'm like, oh, smokehouse, all right, that's cool. I, you know, I like cured meats. Turns out it has nothing to do with that. It was built specifically because this woman didn't like her husband smoking cigars in the house. <laughs> so he built a cobblestone smokehouse that's to awesome. go smoke his cigars. So I don't, you know, I don't have any personal experience with that, but telling the story about that, I think for me is really important. Yeah. So many of these things, I think it's part, in some ways, our culture, our American culture, to kind of get rid of the things that we don't need anymore. And we've done that with a lot of really important landmarks. Um, you know, there's that church on Main Street in the Susan B. Anthony neighborhood that mm-hmm. people have been fighting over for years. Yeah, I think you were and telling me about that before. For I forget why we were talking about it, but well, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion in preservation, historic preservation, because this church has sat there for I, I actually don't know how long, and is falling down. No one's taking care of it. No one's doing anything. And this guy who owns it says, hey, I've got a plan, and I've got the money. We're going to tear it down, and we're going to put up a, I don't know, I think it was a Dollar General or something. Yeah. And everyone freaked out and said, you can't tear this down. We need it to be there as the church. And, you, you know, the, the people who were in support of tearing it down kind of said, like, well, when are you going to do something about it? Like, we have the money. We have the plan. You guys don't have the money and don't have the plan. So I would love to see things restored and saved, and I would love to see, you know, 400 years from now, people visiting the things that we built here. Because we built some incredible stuff in New York, and it would really suck to start tearing them down. I know they've done that with churches in Buffalo. Oh, I'm sure. <clears throat> you know, the congregation is too small. The parish is too small. There's no, there's no money to support the upkeep and the maintenance. They take the church... They tear it down and they put all the people and join them with another church. And they've torn down some really beautiful places. Yeah. So, though I've never really considered myself a preservationist, I really enjoy learning the stories about the things that made the area that we call home before we got here. Yeah, I think it it tells the story of what Rochester is. Yeah. And it's it's weird... I always tie I always tie things back into food because that's that's my weird it's my weird hobby. Dude, nobody doesn't like food. Yeah, I know, but it, it's it's the one of the one of the reasons I like it is because I I get to meet these people who are trying to provide their culture, right? Either to their people or to other people, right? You know, some of these places really they, they serve people to they serve food to their people, and it's great. And you know, I just met these guys the other day. Uh, the new Monroe Kebab over near where the L House is, over on Monroe near um, Mar- Marshall Street. Yeah, near Marshall Street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're they're Afghan. All right. And they're they're starting a kebab place, and they're going to start serving uh, some Afghani food. Cool. 
Is yeah. there any place in Rochester that serves Afghani food? That is the first place. Really? That I'm aware of. No kidding. That is doing Afghani food. Cool. And it, it's great to see that, hey, they're trying to serve the, the families that are here that want Afghani food. Yeah. But they also get to show their culture now to people. Like, we hear about Afghanistan all the time. I don't know anything about Afghanistan other than war. <laughs> really? When it comes down to it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably well-read, but I don't really know that much about the place. Right. Um, and it's great that I can go there and I can talk to them for a while and say, hey, what, what is this food? Where does it come from? Why is it important to you? And I find that interesting. Yeah. And I think it's a good reason to do a lot of these things, whether it's, you know, finding out about a smokehouse or finding out about a different different uh, kind of food. Yeah. I think you learn a lot about the people by talking about talking to them about what they've done or what, what happened. You know, so... Like I, like I said earlier, Luke and I went to all these places, all of these religious and spiritual landmarks all across New York, and we originally started out doing it because we wanted to go and see these places in person ourselves, and we found that the docent or historian or even just the church member or whoever it was who started showing us all these things, it became the bigger story to learn about that person and not that it became a human interest story, but without that personal connection, the experience of being there would have been entirely different. So I I think you're right. I think it's, it's building community around the, the physical community. Yeah. It's something I I keep on thinking more and more about the more I get into this stuff, you know, is what, where, where's the end goal? Because I, I have fun writing the restaurant reviews. I'm a technical person. It's, it's a lot of fun doing that. It's one of my favorite things. It's why I got into this. Right. But the more and more you get into it, it's, it's, it does tend to be about the people. Yeah. It does tend to be about the interesting stories behind the food. Why, why are they doing what they're doing? Yeah. And that's, it's still interesting to me. So, speaking of interesting, I'm going to get back to it because I, I don't think we delved into this enough. You're a picky eater. <laughs> I, I don't, why, why is this sticking in my head? I think we were, we were at Joe Bean Coffee. And we were talking about all these things that you don't eat. Uh, all right. So what don't I eat? Uh, I, th- I think we were, we were, the Arepa truck was outside. Oh, right. And there were just a ton of things on there that you just didn't eat. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Well, I think they may have, maybe we should bring up the menu to check this. If they're listening, if they end up listening, don't be mad <laughs> if I'm wrong about this. I think there were a lot of aioli type Oh, you're thinking like the cremas and stuff. Yeah, like they put all that stuff in there. So then and there was an, um, also a lot of avocado. Right. Which so I'm avocado. not a big fan of avocado. Because it's creamy? I, well, it depends. Like I've eaten fresh avocado like on a sandwich. Yeah. I don't love it. Sure. I won't cower from it like I will mayonnaise. Gotcha. Like mayonnaise, if it's touched anything, like it needs to be incinerated. Right. Avocado, I can eat. I just don't enjoy it. Okay. Um... Thousand Island dressing, not a big fan of. Yeah, but that's that's basically it's another mayonnaise like product. You yeah, know? so a lot of cre- a lot of creamy foods, I guess I don't like. Okay, although I like creamy mushroom soup, so that totally throws a wrench in the whole thing. Yeah, um, I like fettuccine alfredo. It's a creamy sauce. Super creamy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe I just got a bad impression because. In fact, I think you should name this podcast Super Creamy. Super Creamy. Oh, this, this is a Super Creamy podcast. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was weird 
maybe, maybe we just got a weird impression from that, from that, like, nope, don't eat that, nope, don't eat that. Oh, I remember that night, and yeah. I, th- I think I almost got the feeling that you were, like, almost annoyed with me. Because no, I was I'm just like, having... I'm like, no, I don't want that. Nope, I don't want that. Don't, don't put that in front of me. Yeah, don't, don't get that anywhere near me. And I think part of it was, I remember that night very well, and yeah. I was irritated. I was irritated before, <laughs> because we hadn't eaten. That'll do it. And we got there knowing that we were going to be eating at that food truck. That's right. And they shut down like two hours before they were supposed to. Yeah, and they were they were downright and we we right. I so, still got so, food, but Yeah, so if you remember, they basically said, um uh we could put this together for you. That's like there right. was half an option yeah. that we could choose from. So I think part of it was maybe I was a little ornery. Could have been. Which happens every once in a while for me. Yeah. Particularly if I don't eat. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. So I, I think that might have been it. I think that could have been it. Yeah. And I got a bad impression. <laughs> Although, I, I, in all likelihood, I was probably just pushing your buttons because I'm sure as soon as somebody's annoyed at something, it really wants me... I really want to make them more annoyed at whatever that is. Oh, thanks. Just to get... I just want to get people's real emotions out there. I think I find it interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think what I think I was not stoked about the the avocado. Um, so I'm not a big fan of tofu. Yeah, that's pretty common though. Yeah, it's, it's a weird it's a weird texture. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, it's stupid. I, although I just got done watching the first season of Mind of a Chef on uh, okay. off of Netflix. It's a great PBS show uh, from the Anthony Bourdain's company. Okay. In the the first season was uh, David Chang from uh, Momofuku. In New York and Toronto and wherever the hell else he is, and you had a whole episode about soy and tofu, and I, it wants me, it wanted, it made me want to go out and try it again, okay. in a different context because I think a lot of tofu dishes that you get out are very boring. Sure, and I also don't think we get the amazing quality stuff. I think you have to get maybe some of the better stuff and treat it more like what it is instead of what it isn't, like just trying to substitute in for meat. Admittedly, all the experiences I've had with tofu have just been a meat substitute. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of meat substitutes, really. I remember that. Because one of the first times I think we hung out, we went to the Red Fern. We did, yeah. And we talked about the fact that vegetarian food can be really great as vegetarian food unless you're trying to make a vegetarian version of a meat product. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of it. I think some of them can be very successful. And actually, I actually like the food there. Yeah, um, me too. I think the food's good, and uh, it's Andrea, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she does a very good job there doing the substitutes they do, and they've executed a lot of things very well there. I think the Owl House does a good job at that as well um, with when they do these uh, vegan substitutes, whether it's you know, the cheese or the different textures or even the gluten-free stuff. You know, there's always a different texture. Right. I, th- I thought Redford did a good job, but I, I think the better expression of the a vegan is to really embrace the ingredients and say, hey, I'm making a, I'm making a soup and it's just going to be vegan. It's not going to be this. I'm not going to pretend it's something else. I'm just <laughs> going to make a really good soup out of what I have. Right. I, I think that's a better... I think it tastes better and I think it's a better use of the ingredients. I think that's my perspective on it at least. Yeah. I like a really good salad with no meat in it. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you have to throw tofu in it to pretend that it's bacon bits. Right. So. I'd, I'd rather you just made it delicious. Yeah. Just, just make it of which, I was just reading about earlier, is it the, the moose wood 
in Ithaca? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, but go ahead. Supposedly, it's like one of the top ten most influential vegan slash vegetarian whatever restaurants in the entire country. Really? In Ithaca. I was Not just reading about away. it earlier today. No, yeah, it's two two hours from here. Um, there's like 40 owners. That sounds like a vegan kind of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, it's very communal. Sounds a little bit crunchy, but that's... Right. I mean, that, but that's they started in like 1973 or 1976, okay. somewhere in there, and it's all the same owners, and they've owned it at the same time. Wow. But apparently they have... You know, they've been featured in, like, you know, um, I don't know, different food magazines. Like, hmm. they, I recognized the food magazine names. Right. Um, so, that might be one that maybe we need to take a little road trip. Absolutely. That sounds fascinating. Out. Yeah. Because it's, like like you said, I mean, and we were talking about it, it's, I like real food. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just as prone to eating junk as the next guy. I do like I do like my junk food. I mean, there there are so on, on the table we have that we're that the microphone sitting on. There's a beautiful pot of local, you know, of locally uh, made uh, happy earth tea, herbal, delicious serenity. Serenity. It was fantastic. Yeah. It, it was very good, and I was feeling really good about that. And directly next to it is a bag of gummy worms. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> It's, it's a little bit odd. But, you know, I, I think that's the thing. I, I love local food. I really do. And then I find myself just buying a bag of spicy nacho Doritos. Yeah. And, and eating the shit out of them. And it's like, it's really, it's not good. I shouldn't be eating those. Why not? Be, I, I feel bad eating them. because I Why? Know, because it's not They're real great. food. And they are delicious. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not real food. I feel I feel bad about it because I, I feel like I should be eating local all the time. That's impossible. I know it's impossible, but it still makes me... I still feel bad about it. So I feel bad eating it mentally because, like, oh, gee, I shouldn't be eating this shit. This is terrible for me, for one. For two, I feel bad that it's made by just this giant multinational corporation. Oh, boy. And, like, the... I, mean, it's get, I don't get into food stuff yet. So then, and like, I, I know this corn wasn't raised properly. I know this isn't real food. This isn't good at all. I know it's GMO. Oh, see, I don't get into the GMO stuff. All right, good. With, although a lot of the heritage breeds are delicious and better, whether it comes to animals or the grains. I'm sure they are. I, I, I know it's a, I know it's a big thing. I, I just can't muster up enough energy to really care that much about GMO. The G, oh man, I am so sick of GMO posts on Facebook. Facebook's a whole other issue. I mean, I, it's You're right. Facebook's become the chain letter of our time, and it's agreed. It's unpleasant because it's we, we were kind of talking about this earlier too. It's Facebook's not for us anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I was in college when Facebook started. Right. I remember when you had to have a college email address to sign right. up. I was in college when Facebook started, so I remember that, and it was all young people. Yeah, it's not young people anymore. Not that I'm young anymore. I mean, we're yeah, we're not young, man. We're in our thirties, and like yeah. we're, we're not young anymore. But like, I'm also not old yet. No, and it's it's not it's not even our generation anymore. Our generation uses it, but it's not it's not their place anymore. Now it's for everybody. <laughs> and it's kind of kind of been influenced by that. I think you get a lot more of these chain like posts, and it's it's. I could be. I feel less comfortable there than I used to. Do you feel more comfortable on Twitter? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's because people that are on Facebook don't understand Twitter. Because it has arbitrary rules and you can't do what you want. And there's limited characters. Right. It's limiting. And I think the people that are... 
it's like our generation of people that get the internet use Twitter. Yeah, that could be. I don't. I the one that I don't get is Pinterest. I I hate it. I hate everything about it. I'm on Pinterest, by the way. Uh, Pinterest slash Food About Town. Yeah, well, I'm on Pinterest too, and you won't see me posting much. No, I just don't like it. I think it's I think it's a poorly designed website. Interesting. You should have heard. Oh, I was just cursing up a storm when I was trying to get this thing set up. And my wife... Like your is, account set up, you mean? Yeah, getting the account set up. And she's like, oh, you have to sign up for all these things before you do anything. I don't want to sign up for it. I don't want their stuff in my feed. I want my stuff in my feed. I want the stuff I want in my feed. Like, no, you have to sign up for these popular things. Like, no, I don't want to do it. You they can't make, you make like, me do they it. They make you, like, pick, like, three people to follow yeah, in each things, genre or something. Right, some okay. weird, weird stuff like that. I think Tumblr does the same thing. Does it? Yeah, I think so. so. I don't know. I've, I probably signed up for Tumblr right when it started. Yeah. I haven't used it since. I, I probably have an account there. It's probably as old as Tumblr is. Because <laughs> I, I had an account on Twitter before I really knew what it was, and then right. I eventually picked it up. So I try to get my handle on things. Right. Just in case I end up liking it. But Pinterest, I, I hated everything about it because it's all meant to force-feed you stuff, and then you spit it back out at people. Yep. So it's force-feeding you all this stuff from these giant groups. And I hate giant groups. I want curated <laughs> stuff for me, not what everybody else wants. Sure. Because I hate everybody. <laughs> Just in general. You don't hate everybody. Right, I don't hate everybody, but like, I don't want what everybody else wants. So I don't want their, I don't want their stuff. I want what I want to see. Sure. So I want to follow like the 50 people who are on a curling board instead of right. the 50,000 that are on the... You know, kitchen decorating board. I don't want to see fifty thousand people's worth of stuff. Right. I, I just didn't. I don't get it. The thing that confuses me is that. So, like, w- when I started looking at, you know, buying the house, and I thought, you know, I've got all these projects that I want to do, and before I even, you know, closed, I already knew that there were some projects that I wanted to to start jumping into, mm-hmm. and I know that Pinterest is really good for, like do-it-yourself type projects. Absolutely. It's one of the best things it does. Sure. So I started finding them and I started like saving them. You save them to your board or you pin them to your own board. Right. And I realized I had gone through and I had pinned like a hundred pins of stuff I was never going to look back at again. (laughs) And I just felt like I had gone from, like I remember, you know, years ago I had a book collection and it was a huge thousands of books. And I would just go to like a garage sale and it'd be like, you know, $2 to fill up a brown paper bag. And I'd be like, I'm probably never going to read this, but I'll take it. And then I had a CD collection and I had 1,500 CDs. And then I had a DVD collection. I had like 500 DVDs. And all of a sudden I had this media room of stuff everywhere. And then I got rid of all of it. Like, look around, man. There's none of that. No. I have some books, just the ones I really want. Right. A couple CDs, like ones that I had signed by artists. I feel like Pinterest is the new media hoarding, digital style. <laughs> like, I just have these boards with stuff that yeah. I'm never going to look at again. It's weird because it's, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be the, it's supposed to be the digital representation of, of you know, the old post, post-it boards, you know? Sure. That's what it's supposed to be. That was right. the concept. And now you get to show everybody what you're looking at. That's really what it is. You want everybody else looking at what you're looking at. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's really showing off your great taste <laughs> and showing off 
your your great ideas or what you think is a great idea. Right. And it's it's a great way to get reinforced in what you like because you can follow boards and get involved in boards and you can see, oh, I'm posting to this thing. Yeah. I'm posting to this, like I said, maybe a bathroom designer, whatever. There's a ton of house things. Yeah. A ton of house things I would never do. One, a lot of, I think a lot of them are just terrible. But even then, like, there's a lot of things on there they post. They're really hard to do. Yeah. There's a lot of really difficult stuff that looks really easy. Yeah, I think that's most of the pins that I pinned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, this would be super cool to do, and I'll probably never do it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I ended up with all this just digital hoarding of stuff that I'm not going to do. But it'd be really <laughs> cool if I did. Yeah. Like my DVD collection that I bought DVDs and I watched the movie once and put it on a shelf. And I thought, I'm not going to watch that a second time, yeah. but I need the DVD. I got stuck in that for a little bit. I'm lucky I didn't buy that many. I, I think I stopped myself before I get that far because I have that same tendency. Yeah. I mean, I'm a completist when it comes to everything. Yeah. I listen to everything. Like the best example, like This American Life. Right. It's a great podcast. One of my favorite things on the internet. And I, I started to like it. So I went back and listened to 400 back episodes. <laughs> in, in a really, in a, in a stupidly short period of time. In a I weekend? Mean, no, not quite a weekend. But it was like, maybe over the course of a year. But still 400 episodes that are an hour long. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I, I went back and listened to every single one all the way back to the beginning. And I'm one of those weird guys, if I get into something, I have to listen... If it's an everyday thing, I have to listen to it every day. And it's, it's, it's weird and probably semi-destructive. But I, I'm, a con, I'm a completionist. And when I, when I see a collection, like, I want to have all of that stuff. I, I totally can relate. So I, it's, it's, a, it's an odd thing to want, and then you have, you have to get rid of it. I have found that I've gotten a little bit older, um, and it's gotten a little bit easier. I don't yeah. know why. But I very much um, struggled with things being exactly the way that they needed to be and completion and even, like, TV shows that I don't even really, like, care about, like, Family Guy. Yeah. Like, if I miss an episode of Family Guy, it's not, like, the end of the world, but I have to see all of the Family Guys if I'm watching Family Guy. Yep, I'm the same way. And there's even been TV shows that I haven't even liked, but I have to finish watching all of the seasons. It's weird. I've started giving up towards the end of shows. I used to be really bad with shows I really disliked. Like Grey's Anatomy. I watched like six seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I was a single guy. No single guy should be watching Grey's Anatomy. No offense to all the single guys that watch Grey's Anatomy. But I, I, it, it's, it was really dumb. I shouldn't have been watching that show. It was terrible. Well, for the record, I've never seen an episode. And you shouldn't. All right. And please don't. I won't start. No. Well, that's the problem. Is if I do start, even if I watch one, I'm going to have to watch the show all the way through. Right. You shouldn't know who McDreamier and McSteamy was. I mean, it's it's just dumb. I do recognize the names. I think, yeah, because it was pop a pop culture reference. It was a pop culture phenomenon for right. a little bit in there, but even so, is the show not on anymore? I think it's still on, but it's that's well, it's probably eight or nine seasons in at this point. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we've had enough Ellen Pompeo in our lives. I think. <laughs> See, I even know who the star is. That's terrible. Right. Ugh. So, I guess, I mean, we're, we're coming up towards an hour, which I don't really care about length, so that's fine by me. But let's go back to food just because, what the hell. So, we've established that you're not that picky. 
I definitely have interests. Right, you have interests. There so, are things that I absolutely just will not do. So I mean, I we. But I, but I also consider myself adventurous, like the the pig's blood. Right, that's that's adventurous for sure. Yeah, but like we're, we're both big fans of Joe Bean Coffee. We, we, yeah, we, we've we've met up there randomly, not knowing each other is going to be there multiple times. Right. Um. So what are your other favorite places? I mean, I, I like asking people, what, where do you go in Rochester? Where are your places? Yeah, so I mentioned Chen Garden for Chinese. Yeah. That's probably my top Chinese. I love it there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to eat there because it's so freaking dark. And it's very popular, too, especially on, on weekends, you know, the weekend nights. Yep, and the parking is atrocious. It's very bad. I hate parking that parking. is horrible there. Yeah. That, that was the one thing that they really did have at their original location on Crittenden was tons of parking. Yeah. Um, um, Polska Chata right, which is one that I really, really like. Yep. Um, I, and actually, I've gotten some introduction into Polish food that I didn't necessarily get before just because I get there and I go, I don't know what that is, but I'll take some. Sure. Um, that was an interesting – a f- friend of mine um, that I used to work with had this experiment, and I ended up doing it, which I really appreciated. Every time he went into Wegmans, didn't matter what it was for, he insisted on buying something he had never seen or heard of before. Very interesting. It was a super fun project. So I started doing it. So you walk down, you know, there's the Jewish aisle, the Mexican aisle, all the different aisles. Um, You just grab something. Sodas are a really easy one. Yeah, there's a ton of Um, weird flavors. Sodas and candies. Um, So I've I've been introduced to a lot of new flavors and and things that way. But um, so restaurants, you know, I've always been a big fan of Giants. It's interesting. It's yeah, one of those places I'd never go. No? No, I think it's... It's super... It's super okay. <laughs> Sometimes super okay is a really great thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not anything where I'm like, man, you really have to try the eggs at Giants. Right. But I really, really enjoy like a Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, going in the middle of summer and hanging out at Giants and having, you know, a frittata. Sure. Um, so I, I, I like Giants. Um my favorite pizza? Mm. Any guesses? Oh, geez. I mean, I, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of favorites, but I'm such a pizza snob and a pizza nerd. This, well, like, now I'm interested to know what you think. So pizza is a big – pizza is important to me. Okay, good. In fact, I will, t- I will say, and if my mom ever listens to this, hopefully she'll appreciate, my first sentence was, Dad, Dad, go bye-bye pizza. That's pretty much the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That pretty much establishes your food nerd credentials. Absolutely. That, I mean, was my, awesome. that was my very first sentence. I assumed that if my dad was leaving, it was to go pick up a pizza. That's a great That's a great thing to do. Right. I can't complain about that. So we, in fact, I will say, so I'm 35. The majority of my life, every single Sunday at 5 p.m. on Sunday, we order pizza yeah. at, at the Clemens household. I mean, I don't live there anymore, but... Sure. And a lot of times, we'll still do that on Sunday afternoon. I'll go over to my parents' house and we'll order pizza and wings. Um, so, my favorite pizza is Brandani's. Okay, yep, on the West, West Henrietta Road. Road right actually, near, right up the street from Yummy Garden. Yeah, right near Movies 10. Exactly. Right in front of Movies 10. Yeah. Exactly. I've been there, for sure. Absolutely love Brandani's. And everyone that I've turned it on to, I've said, oh, you got to try Brandani's. And they're like, eh, I don't know. I, I really like Mark's. Sure. Everyone feels the same way that they love it. Yeah. I've, I haven't had bad things there. It's it's definitely still Rochester-style pizza, I think. And, a- absolutely. It's certainly not a wood-fired, um, you know, 
thin crust type pizza. Yeah, it's it's um it's a little bit thinner than most. You know, it's thinner than like Pontillos or those. Right. And it's not. I wouldn't say it's like definitive Rochester style pizza. I think that's more like Marks and Pontillos. Right. But it's got that. It does have a. It's a thicker crust than like a New York style. It's definitely yeah, not yep. like straight New York style or anything. Yeah. But the tomato sauce isn't too bitter, which yep. I appreciate. Um, there's just a little bit of garlic, just a little bit of oregano. Like um, Pontillos, I just feel like they just take a handful of oregano and toss it over the whole top of the thing. Yeah. And I just I get like a green pizza. I just I can't take Pontillos. Yeah. For that reason, so I feel like Brandani's they just got a really great level across the board. And I, I guess I appreciate that. No, it's good. I, I, I always find it interesting what people like when it comes to pizza. It's pizza is one of my favorite things, and I like all the different kinds. I, I'm the same way. It depends on, I guess, what my mood is or what I'm going for. There's some really great, you know, the wood fired oven type pizzas. Yeah. It's, I consider them to be a totally different type of pizza. Absolutely. It's a, it's essentially a completely different food as far right. as I'm concerned. Right. Because even, I mean, Rochester-style pizza, Rochester-Buffalo, they're, yeah, they're not that similar, but they're relatively similar, thicker crust. Yeah. Um, even compared to New York, it's not that far of a departure from New York-style pizza. Sure, the crust is thinner and this and that, but they're not that far different. Right. Because they're cooked in a, usually a gas oven and cooked for X amount of time with similar toppings. Yeah. And they're, t- they're pretty similar. Yeah. Although I still think they're very different. <laughs> yeah, pizza pizza nerdery is one of my favorite things to nerd out about. It's I get really into it. Another thing that I really really like is um, I like hot dogs. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it's about. When I was a, when I was a little kid, and my mom would make hamburgers, she would always have to make me a hot dog. I'm just not a fan of hamburgers. I have like two a year. They're really cool. It's just beef. Yeah. Ground up beef. Sure. Whatever. There are some really good burgers. I really appreciate it. Some game meats in burgers are really cool. But hot dogs I'm a big fan of. And yeah. Dogtown, um, I think, has done a really, really great job bringing a large menu of hot dogs to Rochester, which I appreciate. Again... The parking is atrocious. It really is. It's, it's it not to mention it's a to multi-use to parking lot, <laughs> right? Because it's fifteen businesses that use five spots, right? And the, that whole parking lot—it's a mess. Because you know, Han Noodle Bar parks there, right? Dogtown parks there. The hairstyle place parks there, right? It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Usually, I'll just park somewhere on Monroe Ave and realize that I have to walk. Yeah. Um, but it is worth it. Yeah. I, I like Dogtown. I, I do too. I, I like Dogtown. I find myself eating when I eat there, wishing that they made their own sausages, made their own hot dogs. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that that's the thing I always, because I like what they do and I like the toppings. They do a good job. They use good bread. They do they do an overall good job of making it a place that you're comfortable going with anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can find something, I can find something, my dad can find something. Everybody can walk out of there happy. Yeah. You know where I think you can get that, unfortunately, it's a bit of a haul, is the Finger Lakes Wienery. I've heard phenomenal things about that place. Have you not gone? I haven't. I really want to. Super cool. Um, super cool location. I mean, it's it's Route 14. Is it 14 or 14A? I always mix those up. Anyway, it's the west side of Seneca Lake. Okay. Um, I think that's 14, just south of Geneva. Um, and uh, it's this little shack on the side of the road that 
you know, very unsuspecting and you walk in and everything is handmade and, you know, very farm to table, slow yeah. food type stuff, but it's all hot dogs and sausages. I've heard just absolutely phenomenal things about that. It's place. very good stuff. Yeah. Their menu's a little overwhelming. Really? Yeah. And, yeah, because you order, like, you get a hot dog, so you, you're just ordering your hot dog. Right. And then you're like, oh, do you want onions? Do you want mustard? Do you want peppers? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And you literally go through each of the sides, which don't seem to be arranged in any particular sure. manner. Um, so then I'm like, like I'm thinking in my head, like, do I want to create a Chicago style hot dog here? So I got to go for like onions. Like I don't see celery salt. Right. Um, which Dogtown is really cool because they create a menu item. So they've got. I don't know. They name all their hot dogs after dog breeds. Right. So they've got the the boxer, and it's, you know, chili with cheddar cheese and bacon or something. Right. And I think that's, that makes that's it what way easier. That's what they've done really well. Coming up with interesting combinations, a lot of regional things. But still, I think they've done a great job. And they do make things from scratch. They're making their own chili. They're making their own stuff. Right. And... Like I said, one of one of the best plates in Rochester too. Yeah, I agree. And they, they've done a really good job of making the best out of what they have. Not to mention that place is tiny. They've I was, was going to say, you know, I don't know if they'd ever be able to do much more because I don't think they have much space. No, it's it's a tiny location. I, they they do a ton of business out of there too. Yeah. It's one of Rochester's real. It's a it's a it's a great Rochester business, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That that's a restaurant success story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now I want to go eat hot dogs or Taco Bell. Taco Bell. That's. I mean, I, right now I definitely do that. You'd follow that up with gummy worms. Yeah, I'm eating one as soon as we get off here because I can't chew a gummy worm on a podcast. Because that's pretty much. It's got to be one of the worst things you could eat during a podcast. Yeah, maybe. Because all the noise you'd hear is just. <laughs> it depends how sensitive your mic is. <laughs> yeah. Sensitive enough where I where I did one in like an ice cream place. The compressors. Of the ice cream, like the holders and the compressors, yeah, that that ruined the sound when they turned on. Wow, yeah, this thing's a pain in the ass. Interesting. It's a nice sense. Of, it's a nice microphone, but I'd like something a little more professional, which is something I'm hoping. I'm hoping to build a little podcast studio in the new house. 2015. 2015 podcast the year studio. Of big things. Woo woo. Yeah. Should yeah, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, it is the year of big things, and then there's uh, interesting stuff coming up too. Um, I'm hopefully recording a podcast soon with uh, somebody from uh, somebody from Char. I did a restaurant review from cool. um, with them, which in the was Allen. yeah, but in the Strath Allen, which is one of uh, Josh Miles' places. Uh, Josh and Jenna Miles from the Revelry and uh, Bronca and Buffalo proper. Right. So I'm going to get an interview with some of them soon. And cool. You know, I'm sure you and I are going to do more of these and maybe have a little more focus than a hour plus ramble on different topics but that's the fun thing though it's, it's nice to have somebody to uh, bounce off against when I don't have a restaurant guest and I want to do more of these kind of things because it's it's fun to record podcasts man yeah yeah absolutely this was fun. this is my first podcast and it, it is fun it's I mean you were talking we were talking earlier about making the connections and people yeah and a lot of this just is building community and you know we're both bloggers we met at a well, a blogger meetup. I would call it a blogger event, sure. Yeah, a blogger event. And, uh, yeah, and as a result, you know, we've become pretty good friends, and now we're going to be neighbors. Yeah. So, 
pretty awesome, man. Yeah. So we'll be doing more of these coming up. And when we don't have guests, I'd like to do just more random podcasts, talk about food and maybe some food news in Rochester and see what other people think about it. So we'll be doing more of these this year and go from there. Cool. Awesome. And Mr. Clemens, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, it is uh, CP Clemens. And that's you're that on Instagram as well. I'm that on Instagram as well. Um, on Facebook, it's Exploring Upstate. So it's facebook.com slash Exploring Upstate. And then the website is exploringupstate.com. Nice. And I'm pretty much the same thing. I'm Facebook, I'm Food About Town. And then both on Twitter and Instagram, I'm uh, Stromy. So, and you can find that on the website too. So, by, by the way, I know we're wrapping up and I know we want to wrap up. Yeah, whatever. And this tea's starting to run through me. <laughs> me too. Stromy. Yeah. Lindstrom? Yeah. So that's where it comes from? Absolutely. All right. So it, it, it did. It started in high school. So, you know, in high school, you end up getting a lot of nicknames, some of which I really didn't like, some of which were less than complimentary. That happens. I wasn't exactly the most popular kid in high school, so I got some nicknames I really didn't like. That one, though, I it caught on, and then I actually roomed with one of the guys from high school in college for a year. Yeah. So I caught on in college. Nobody called me Chris until after college. <laughs> Nobody. Everybody in college called me Stromy. All my friends still Strong. call me that. All right. So it's uh, cool. Sort of stuck around, which cool. I'm cool with. It's uh, it's nice having a nickname too. Absolutely. So yeah. on right, that odd note, we're good. We're good. We're gonna hit the stop button. Yeah, get uh, out. Stop button. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 